Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the 980s podcast hosted by Kevin Thompson of 980s Capital Group and Rethink Wealth. I am so glad that for you guys to join us today. We have some, some good information. Uh, today, we are talking about the economy and the disjointed economy in regards to why the economy and the stock market are just sleeping in separate rooms of the house. I mean, you have the economy uh, basically outside. And you have the stock market actually indoors under the, in the AC with a blanket on watching some watching their favorite movies, perhaps. So I have my favorite individual, Mr. James McGlynn of Next Quarter Century, CFA, RICP, an all-around great guy and a wonderful neighbor. James, how are you doing today, kind sir? Well, Kevin, I'm doing well uh, inside with the air conditioning, fortunately. <laughs> yes, you are inside with the air conditioning. Hey, so we have a lot to talk about today. We have the, the, the crux of this call is about why the market is continually going up and why the stock and why the economy is basically going the other direction. So uh, we're going to talk about some key, a, a couple of key points. One key point is this. We just got a jobs number coming out from uh, for May. 13 and a half, was it 13 and a half, James, percent unemployment I, I rate? Specifics. Well, it was roughly about 13% unemployment rate. We were all expecting roughly 20%. Uh, so there's still roughly about 20 million Americans, 20 to 25 million. It's, it's a ridiculously high number that is are still unemployed. And they're saying at least half of those Americans just to say the number if it's 30, 30 million, half of those Americans will never get their jobs back because their jobs have basically gone away. So you would think, well, if, if this is the case, well, why is the market continually moving higher? So James, if there's 30 million Americans right now without a job, and of those 30 million Americans, they're saying 15 of those will never get those jobs back. Is the market justified for going higher at this point? Well, as we know, the, the market was on a tear for 10 years. It was up 30% last year, so it was ready to have a decline. And then the decline it got was uh, you know the, the big punch of the pandemic and, and the lockdown. So we dr dropped off a cliff. Uh, and so yet the there's the market doing well. So first, don't forget we fell off a cliff. So usually there's a bounce and uh, it, the bounce was not a minor bounce. The bounce was almost like it hit a, uh, a hit a trampoline and bounced almost all the way back. And I think we both would agree that uh, it wasn't based on the economy looks pretty nice. It's based on the economy that the fact that the Federal Reserve and then this time the uh, the federal government said we got to intervene. We're going to monetary policy as loose as possible. We're going to get fiscal policy as loose as possible so that they're able to. Uh, Get interest rates to zero and get two trillion dollars thrown out there to the uh, to the country like it was uh, like it was very easy to do. Mm -hmm. Well, so James mentioned the Federal Reserve. Um, there's a uh, saying out there that says, "Don't fight the Fed," and that's exactly what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't fight the Fed. If the Fed comes out and says we're going to put trillions of dollars in the economy, best believe that the market will react on that and say, well, hey, the Fed's going to come out and pump money into the uh, into the economy. Therefore, uh, the, the market should stabilize. So that's basically what you're seeing. You're seeing 
$2.7 trillion come into the system and backstop the market. So James, what did, talk about a couple of key points. Like what did the Fed actually do in backstopping the market? Well, I think they're on a, maybe a Sunday evening, the Federal Reserve says we're going to cut federal funds rate to zero. And I believe that the market went straight down because that was insufficient. And then soon thereafter, the uh, Federal Reserve saw the the uh, financial system tightening up. Corporate bonds specifically, instead of going up because the economy was weak, corporate bonds were going down, uh, which is not what you want to see uh, as far as a counterbalance to the uh, stock market. Corporate bonds were going down because people needed needed cash. And so people were selling their corporate bonds and short-term bond funds. And when the Federal Reserve saw that, they said, we need to buy corporate bonds. And that's how we're going to inject liquidity in the system. We cut interest rates to zero. That wasn't enough. We have to inject uh, bond bond purchases into the system. And that's what seemed to have uh, rallied the, the day for the stock market after it was going down somewhere under 2,400 at the time. And that got a boost in the economy by backstopping the bonds, then other companies were able to issue bonds to provide some liquidity for themselves. And that got the snowball of positive news to get the stock market rebounding. Yeah, absolutely right. So as of today, as of June, well, it's June 5th, as of the close of business yesterday, the S&P 500, Ford PE, was at 22.06, 22.06 forward earnings. Average over the last 25 years, according to the guide to the markets from JP Morgan, 16.37 times. Now, you can kind of look back into to what that actually means. So if you look at 99 and 2000, where everything was was overvalued to a degree where you could buy a, a tech company with no earnings at 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 a, at a million bucks. I'm, not, I'm just I'm just I'm just teasing right there when I say a million bucks. But you could buy all these companies with very little earnings, and these companies kept just going up, up, and up because they had .dot com behind their name. And I'm sure James remembers that. I mean, James was a lot was, was very a well. older than I am. <laughs> exactly. So um, the market was about 24, 25 times at this at that time, looking at the chart. Right now we're at 22. James, does that make you feel a little bit nervous knowing that we're 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 approaching levels not seen since uh the uh tech bubble? Not particularly because the, the earnings numbers don't mean anything at this point. Uh we've never taken an experiment where you shut down the economy for two months. And, uh, and and do a lockdown. So we should get, uh, instead of looking at 12 months out, I think uh, the economists I read say, look, 18 months out, that's more realistic. And then the, then the numbers don't look as uh, as wildly high as they, as they did uh, the 12 months out. Exactly. So for those on this call, we're talking about the economy, we're talking about the, the stock market, and we're talking about how different they are. The economy right now has 20 to 25, possibly 30 million people unemployed. The economy right now is receiving stimulus checks. The economy right now is having trouble knowing when they're going to be able to go back to work. The economy right now is out in the streets 
for a multitude of reasons in regards to race relations inside of America. The economy right now is completely anathema to what's going on in the stock market because the stock market is just sh- uh, just 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 shrugging that stuff off and going higher, higher, and higher. So if you guys remember this, back in March, the market went down 34%. 34% between February and March. Right now, it is down year-to-date 4% as of June 4th. However, what has happened in those last several months? Well, James, let's ch- let's do a checkbox right here. Um, we ha- did we have a global pandemic? That's that a question, James. That's a question, James. That's, is that a question? <laughs> That's a question, James, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, so we had a global pandemic, which means that we had people, or our, our economy especially, shut down. Which basically means there was there was no transportation, nobody going anywhere. There was no gas being being spent, uh, gas bill. Oh, sorry, gas being used. There was just a lot of just people just shelter in place. That leads to significant unemployment. Significant unemployment leads to people not making money, which now leads to people the stimulus checks coming in. For some people, the stimulus checks aren't enough. For other people. They're making actually more money with the unemployment and 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 the stimulus checks and all the things that they received. So, so it, it actually helped others, but it's but the people there's other people out there that is that is that is hurt. So right now the economy is 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 very disjointed from what's going on in the stock market because if I would have, I mean the the stock market is acting like none of this actually happened. James, and of course we have the the, the main topic which is race relations in America. So you've been hit with so many different right hooks by Mike Tyson right now, but the economy is actually getting up. It's, it's, it's very, it's very peculiar. Um, so like I just mentioned, you can't fight the fed. $2.7 trillion goes into the market, goes into the stock market to buy bonds, buy, by equities, by whatever it is that's out there, the Fed saying we're gonna we're gonna be the lender of last resort. <laughs> we're gonna lend you lend this thing, lend you guys so much money that we're gonna keep this thing afloat. The only thing that's scary about it is that we don't know what this means in the future. James, expand on this a little bit in regards to the amount of money that the Fed came in with, uh, what the Fed was actually buying. And and how that pushed, how that basically pushed investors to go into the equity market. Well, maybe Mike Tyson's so old that his punch isn't knocking people out anymore. <laughs> exactly right. The, well, let's say I'll uh, step back a little bit and say, okay, the the market's up, and uh, the leaders in the market are the Fang stocks, the Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Hey, wait, wait, wait. So James just mentioned those companies. We are not recommending those companies in any way. He's using them as an example from a compliance perspective. I have to say that. Continue, James. Yes. So, so they, those names have, you know, some of those have actually done better during the pandemic than without the pandemic. So 
the actual names in the in the stock market, there's a reason why they would not go down. So that's on, on one hand. And as far as the, uh, as I said, the, the Fed has been buying corporate bonds. That's part of the money that's going in to the economy. Uh, and what other specific question? Buying corporate bonds, buying fallen angels that that have no longer they're no longer investment grade, that have gone to to junk. Uh, they're put they, they're thinking about buying ETFs, exchange traded funds to keep the market afloat. The Fed is trying to put everything out there. They basically have given you their playbook. They're saying, you know what? Here are our plays. Yes, we have this playbook, but you know what else? We have a, our playbook doesn't end. We 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 have an unlimited playbook. I mean, you know, when you used to play video games, like I used to play 10 yard fight on Nintendo and, and then I'm dating myself by the way, and you had two or three plays. Well, that's not the fed. The fed has everybody's playbook. They have, and they have, they, they have, they can invent their own plays as well. They are the lender of last resort. They can put as much money in the market as possible. And that's why the market continues to do what it's going to do. So that's why they say you can't fight the Fed. James, continue. Well, like you said, the uh, originally back in the day, the uh, the Fed they had one 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 play in their book. It was cut interest rates, and then this uh, in two thousand eight, it was wait a second, we have another play in our book. QE, we'll be able to uh, to to backstop some some lending out there. And then they said, wait, that's not enough. We did those things. Now we'll be able to buy corporate bonds. Yeah, let's do that. And then maybe ETFs. So they continue to change the, the rules and for the playbook. Instead of, aha, you're locked in, you can only cut interest rates. Said so, no, we can do whatever we want. Uh, so they've the Fed has expanded their power and their ability uh, by, by, by successfully getting us out of the 2008 recession, depression, they got they garnered more power. Now the, the government says, "Well, let's let them do some more good things for us," because we haven't seen anything negative as far as inflation. Said, so "Let's give us some more power to, to write their own plays." So I think that's continuing, and it's you know, will they will we give them the power to do what they do in Japan and let them buy stocks? You know, people think no, but uh, wouldn't bet against that. At some point down the road, if if we have another bad and since because the government likes to have these easy solutions when the Fed takes care of all the problems. Okay. Okay. So economy is going one direction. Stock market is going the other direction. And we have another bill on the floor, about another trillion dollars of, of stimulus coming to the economy. And that's, that's, that, that's, the, that's the last leg up you saw in the stock market. We saw the we saw the the, the S and P go down. Say I think it was twenty two hundred. Was it twenty four hundred, James? It went twenty four hundred and it got into the twenty two hundreds. But twenty four hundred, it looked like it should have held, like on the charts. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. If, if, if this doesn't hold, then who knows how low? And then it got into the twenty two hundreds. Yeah, so it was twenty two hundred at one point. Then it went to, uh, and then it bounced right back up. Uh, and then it went to around 2,700. It was holding there for a while. It was like, ah, the, which, which direction we're going to go? Then went up to 2,800. Which direction we're going to go? And then this last uh, uh, mention of stimulus, boom, broke 3,000, 3,100. I mean, who knows where we're going to go? Maybe we'll go back to all-time highs. Was it 3,300 and some change? Who knows? But if the Fed is going to help 
keep this economy afloat. I w- it's just hard to bet against them. It's hard. It's hard to bet against. It's like it's like betting against Tyson back in his heyday. It's hard to bet against them. And right now, the Fed is Mike Tyson in his heyday. James. Uh, yeah, it just uh, the, the Fed is undefeated. So, uh, <laughs> and again, when people try to draw parallels to the, uh, the Great Depression, says you know, without going old school on says, yeah, in the Great Depression, the Fed was trying to balance the budget and trying to maintain the gold standard. This time, those things don't count. Uh, the Fed's, Fed is, uh, Alan Greenspan trained them to be the a protector of the stock market uh, and the financial institutions. And that's their priority. It's not balancing the budget. It's not the gold standard anymore. Exactly. Volatility has, has subsided. Uh, back in March, volatility went up to 84, which is which is very, very high for the VIX. The VIX never hit 80s back during the uh, the Great Recession. So it went higher than the, the Great Recession because of, because of the global pandemic. I'm sorry. I mean, the, the pandemic and uh, a couple of different uh, situations that happened back in March. So it, it, it was a perfect storm. And this has been a perfect storm of events. Uh, luckily, we're, we are a great nation. We will get through this and uh, hopefully we'll open the economy here pretty shortly and get back to work. James, have, do you have anything else to add? Uh, well, also, just, uh, you know, for the topical event with the with the protests and people uh, not worrying about social distancing when they're worried about social protesting, social justice says, it's one of those experiments that we're going to find out in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, the, the cities where the protests are taking place, we don't see a huge spike in deaths. And uh, that will, you know, can get also give us the opportunity to accelerate the rebound and uh, people getting their jobs back. Yeah, you mentioned that real quick. And of course, you're talking to um, or you're listening to Kevin Thompson, the 980s podcast. Uh, I am here with James McGlynn. And James mentioned that uh, we're hoping that there's not going to be a spike up in, in cases of COVID-19 uh, due to the uh, to the to protest and that God forbid that happens. But um, it, I take it like like what the Swedes did earlier or during their during their lockdown. Well, what did the Swedes do? They didn't lock down. They kept their economy completely open. They basically just said, hey, we'll, we'll do some social distancing. But we're, gonna, but we're gonna continue to do what we're doing. We're gonna continue to open our economy. We're gonna have a shop. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna do what we do. What happened? Well, there were some deaths, right? There were some deaths. Now, the deaths occurred in the older community, so they admit that they should have done a better job quarantining their older community from the people that could basically handle uh, the the circumstance as it as it was. So they had, they did admit that, but ultimately. Outside of the older community, there was uh there were there were good results. So hopefully, people we can we can take those results and and do something with them and open our economy in the exact same way. Maybe quarantine off of off off the older individuals that are susceptible to to the virus and allow other people to interact and and just go go about their daily lives. I hope that is the answer. James, do you have anything else to add on that? Well. As you mentioned, Sweden they, they tried to do as little they tried to affect the economy as little as possible with as, with as little as shutdowns as possible. And the, their schools, I think elementary schools, they kept them going to school. And I think that's we're not going to have schools locked down and, and uh, study from home because we've seen that doesn't work. 
and and since the kids usually don't get the impacts and so as again not only we shut down the economy we shut down the schools and we're yeah. gonna have summertime we'll see the schools open up again and uh you know fingers crossed that we've done enough testing we've got enough protection that uh, we can reopen again and then hopefully the stock market which looks crazily optimistic hopefully it's just a, a nice forecaster of what's going to happen six months down the road and the last thing I want to mention here is um, we want to talk about some of the some of the the effects or the or the after effects of of shutting down the economy and everyone working from home. And, and my core belief is there's going to be a huge tick up in identity theft, not from necessarily from the people that are actually working from the home. Which again, there's going to be some bad apples out there. We get it, but uh, it's it's from the Wi-Fi networks. It's from all the things that the security breaches and all the things that happen on a daily basis from just a regular network. Uh, I really believe that people at their homes with your personal information on, on Wi-Fi networks that may or may not be as, as uh, I guess, securitized as, as other networks that from, from an office building, it's just going to be very, very tough because uh, your, your information is, is basically not at a central location, but it is actually at someone's residence, which I think it's, it's, um, it, 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 it will, it remains to be seen on what the, uh, the uh, consequences of that is going to be. James, you have anything to add on that? Well, yeah, I, I do own quite a few cybersecurity names. And as you mentioned, the, uh, cyber, the cyber hygiene at home, People, unless they've got their VPN, the virtual private networks, uh, they might be hugely susceptible. And I used to work in an office. We had an, uh, a PhD in technology who would maintain the security of our computers. And I can imagine that people are used to having someone else maintaining the security and the cyber protection in their home. They better either be lucky or better be having some other virus protection instance they have to worry about uh, tapping clicking open an email that they shouldn't open and, and infecting the whole system uh, and again these the cybersecurity uh, relating to the stimulus checks we've already seen issues on that so yeah that, that will be a problem as well again that's part of the economy that has is benefiting from the pandemic is some of the technology in the cyber protection area exactly well James man I always appreciate your time. Uh, always appreciate your commentary. Uh, I want you to know that that we're, you're my neighbor, and that we're going to some things in our neighborhood as well with the HOA. But you know, hey, stuff happens. But again, thank you for joining the call. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us today, and stay safe. Thanks, Kevin. You too. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or 90s Capital Group LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Kevin Thompson, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ, 3040, Post Oak Boulevard, Suite 1150, Houston, Texas, 77056, 281-220-2700. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial Representative of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian, 90s Capital Group. LLC is not affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice, 
2020-102303, expiration 7-20-22.